please enter room 2008. to room 2008 we are live once again and we're going to be going over some dark dark shit tonight Very mr dark. alistair crowley <laughs> ceremonial magic um how do you say it Th- thelema thelema however you say it his religion he founded i say thelema thelema thelama thelema Something. it's either thelema or, or uh, it's either thelema or thelema one of them so so yeah, this is gonna be some crazy stuff. I, I think I'm gonna speak for myself, but I think I do speak for all of us. Halloween's one of our favorite times of year. We couldn't wait. We're gonna be going into some crazy stuff in these next couple of weeks, and we're gonna get it started tonight with uh, Alistair Crowley and and some of the stuff he believed in, kind of going in depth on the um, oh man, what is that called? The Golden Dawn stuff. Golden Dawn, yep. Yep, all kinds of stuff. So, um, Look at all. So this- as usual, we are we are live on Twitch Room 2008 ENT. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Room2008ENT2, and shoot us an email if you know anything about Crowley or anything of his beliefs. If you're a subscriber, you know, to what he, he believed and, and follow that, uh, shoot us an email, Room2008ENT at gmail.com. What do you think about that, Peter? Uh, cool. Well, very cool. Oh, let's hit it. Let's hit it hard. So who is Alistair? Alistair Crowley was an English occultist, philosopher, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, and mountaineer. bisexual. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yes, one one website I came across actually called him a bisexual drug fiend. Damn, <laughs> Peter, that should have been your name for tonight. That's worse than being called Satanist. <laughs> he identified himself as a prophet, entrusted with guiding humanity into the how do you say this aeon of Horus? Yeah, in the early 20th century. So we're talking about uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, and, he died um, in like 1947. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, so oh, orgies. I uh, got a comment on here saying absolutely. There's a whole life story with this dude. Mm-hmm. Do what thy wilt. What did he say? Do as do what do what thou wilt, which is the actual title of our episode tonight. Yeah, and uh, the the and that's sort of the essence of Satanism is to seek your own fulfillment and pleasures, uh, and you don't you know you have no empathy. Right. Exactly. So. He's also known as the Great Beast Six Six Six, that's right, and some other uh, and some other nicknames. and And he had a he had a bad rap. Of course, he he did it to himself. Uh, but his life story is pretty interesting in that you know he, he was raised in a very religious, very religious family, and that everything, huh? He went to prominent schools too, and uh, yeah, he he yeah. was up in a lot of things. Right, his family had the beliefs that like everything you do, and it's probably not a bad belief. I mean, here we are. It's you know, I mean they, so um, but they believe that everything that you do is for uh, you know, uh, uh, Jesus, 
you know, for God. And I mean, they're Christians, I want to say, but they're, um, it's not quite, it's not quite the, uh, I'm not sure exactly what religion they fall, you know, fell under, but long story short, it was overwhelming for him and his dad was well off. So he didn't have to work. So he was, he was preaching a lot on the streets and he would go and he started this, you know, following of, I'm going to say Christianity, you know, and it's like a church, but, um, to the extreme. And then, uh, he got sick. His father passed away. He got sick. He moved to his, uh, with uh, another family member and kind of because he was sick, his other family member basically let him do whatever the hell he wanted to do. And then he got into all this, uh, which is for any parents out there, this is a pure example of why you uh, <laughs> watch your kids. Don't let them do what they want to do. They turn out like uh, Mr. Crowley himself. But uh, then he comes back and lives with his mother and just basically he's just like she's like he's a, a satanic or a worshiper, you know, and he's just a free spirit at that point. So. Uh, complete extremes, but I had to put that out there just so nobody thinks that he he, he grew up with this mindset. He was very religious growing up, which is yeah. interesting. And his mother always called him. That's that's where he got, he originally started being called the Beast. His mom called him the Beast. Mm, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, I, I did have a story to where um, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, his mother had a maid, and he had sex with the maid purposely when she was at home, and she. Uh, so she walks in and his mom made sure that she would never work as a maid again. She was so pissed off about it, you know? So ultimately the maid went to prostitution. Did y'all hear about this? Mm-hmm. And so, um, she, she became a prostitute and Crowley said that, uh, yeah, she was Jack the Ripper's first victim. This is what he said. Mm-hmm. And then, and then whoever was talking to him was like, well, how would you know that? And he goes, I know Jack the Ripper. And oh. he told me that. And he's a very, very influential individual. Right. And uh, even beyond his death, uh, he was a huge influence in uh, the classic rock scene. A lot of bands like Rainbow, uh, uh, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. In, in fact, um, Led Zeppelin. David Beatles. Bowie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alistair Crowley's. There's a, <laughs> there's a Led Zeppelin album that has uh, Do What Thy, Do What Thou Wilt. Uh, written on it yeah yeah on the edge of the uh vinyl uh but uh he he's influenced uh many pop culture figures uh over the over the past century right? yeah and uh the stretch on that you know speaking of led zeppelin because like david bowie and he's on the cover of uh sergeant peppers as well i've i never knew about this guy and i'm you know i'm saying that now uh because i've seen the 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 cover of uh, Sergeant Peppers, and I've seen him on Sergeant Peppers, but I didn't know who it was. Were you drawn to him? Well, he's a bald, sexy-looking dude. And, no, <laughs> uh, let's edit that. Uh, Fifty-one minutes. <laughs> now, so he's at the top left of the album. So if you ever look at the top left of Sergeant Peppers, you know where there's a whole bunch of faces and everything on there, uh, or people you can see like his head bald it's and everything. Very album cover. Yeah, I had no idea. So John Lennon was a big fan of his, and uh, fun fact, he took his re- he took uh, he bought uh, um oh what what was it called the um, he bought the Bullskin House in Loch Ness, Scotland, in eighteen ninety nine. Check this out. He bought a mansion on on basically on the lake, you know that we all know, and in Loch Ness, at twenty four years. Of age, I mean, he was 24 years old, bought a mansion back in 1899. 
So he had money, and that's why one of the reasons why he did so much because he didn't have to work. Obviously, everybody else has to work. They don't have time to start religions, right? But, uh, Which uh, is why he, a lot of wealthy elites uh, uh, secretly dabble into the dark arts. Oh yeah, they got all the time, and uh, so he would perform, and he did this at this. He bought this house to do this ritual. And you want me to go into it now or wait? Because I don't know if you were going to go over this, Drew. I mean, you can. Because um, I, I wanted to just kind of give a good background on who he is, but I, I really wanted to dive into what the Golden Dawn stuff is and uh, Thelma, however you say it. Well, this kind, is kind of their belief and how it relates to like some of the secret society stuff that we've discussed um, and kind of okay. what goes on today and stuff like that. He was well, a degree Freemason. I want to get my uh, fun fact out of the way and then I'll, I'll shut up. But the... Uh, he performed a ritual called the Abermella uh, ceremony every day in that house. That's why he Pour bought the house. <laughs> so what's that? Peter, I can hear, hear Peter pouring his tequila. I said pour Sorry. up, Peter. Peter, get your witchcraft book and let's look at the spell here. No, no, I have uh, several. We did that. <laughs> so the um, Abermellon ritual involves a period of, of intense spiritual preparation, including prayer, fasting, purification, followed by the... Uh, evocation of communication with guardian spirits and holy guardian angels. The goal of this ritual is to obtain knowledge and conversation with one's personal holy guardian angel who acts as a guide and source of divine wisdom. Nothing ever happened when he was doing these rituals at the house, right? So he ended up selling the house and you know who bought it? Who? Jamie Page, Led Zeppelin. That's right. That's right. And he was convinced for the dark arts. Yeah, and he was convinced that uh, Crowley summoned demons at that house and, and that it was haunted, so he sold it. Wow. So, uh, I, yeah, I yeah. thought it was a little fun fact. So I'm going to put my mic on mute now. <laughs> Led Zeppelin on the road did a lot of horrible things, if anybody wants to look into that. A lot of horrible Me Too things, things beyond Me Too. And uh, I find it fascinating that you know a lot of these hmm. rock stars that got away with all this Crowley stuff uh, you know they they haven't gotten in trouble for any of any of that stuff, and they won't because they won't. they're in the club and we're not. Oh man, uh, that's the life of a rock star, right? And you know that's why that's been like uh, uh, the you know the rock star lifestyle is what it is is because of Aleister Crowley. Uh, yeah. and you can go back and uh, listen to Ozzy Osbourne talk about the influence. I mean, he even had a classic song uh, called Mister Crowley. And uh, mm-hmm. you should read the lyrics to it. It's it's a great song. Wow. But, uh, uh, yeah, Crowley influenced so many musicians, so many people in pop culture, and all of these people that followed his teachings were elevated to uh, you know idol status. And, wow, uh, he really influenced that old music scene of of your Ozzy Osbournes and all the dark uh, metal eighty two, yeah, rock. Metal rock, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, classic metal rock. Uh, I never, man, that's great. My cat is interrupting. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Crowley, uh, he's also a big part of, uh, We, you remember us talking about Marina Abramovic? Uh, and of course, she's a satanic uh, black magic practitioner. Yeah, this is the level we're talking about. Um, if if you're in the conspiracy at all, you know you've probably come across Marina Abramovich or Vic, however you say her name, with the spirit cooking and stuff like that. Yep, WikiLeaks. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the WikiLeaks stuff revealed all the the look at my cat's shadow. Uh, <laughs> revealed all of uh, the weird stuff going behind the scenes. I think, I think it's a spirit behind you. Yeah, you, <laughs> you summoned the demon. These celebrity parties. Uh, y'all remember the band, the Scorpions? They did "Rock You Like a Hurricane" all that mm-hmm. stuff. If I recall, I, I recall uh, he did an interview where he said he went to like this party in Germany or something where all these rock stars were at, and he said he saw somebody killed at that party. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the Crowley stuff uh, really was about ritual human sacrifice and and, and all of that as well. So and that's that's where the Marina Abramovic uh, connection comes in. She is connected to so many politicians from uh, uh, from the Podesta brothers to Obama himself and, no. and you know, uh, John Legend, like it's so many celebrities. And they all at, and I think uh, if, if I recall, Stephanie Germanotta, who became Lady Gaga, uh, was a star pupil of Marina Abramovic. Yeah, so. I have a fun fact. Um, one of the conspiracies, when I even first heard of him, uh, one of the biggest conspiracies around him was he was Barbara Bush's father. Oh, shit. George Bush, George W. Bush's grandfather. <laughs> George w. Bush's grandfather. I read that that has since been debunked, but you never know. Mm-hmm. When you're at that level and, and you're in the club, politicians, big business, celebrities, Hollywood, you were literally all in bed together, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> all right, Peter. And at the parties. In bed at the parties. Mm-hmm. I want to go to one of those parties. <laughs> we're almost there. We just got to get a few more listeners. We can do what we will. California celebrity parties when they're doing uh, sacrifices. And we're just like, they're just like, oh, shit, look at that. We're eating. Oh, no, it is true. Is this sushi? What what is this raw meat? Oprah, what are you doing here? <laughs> Yo, oh, what's up, Bo? Where is my why is why is Tom Hanks in chains? <laughs> <laughs> and we're banned. He's been getting a lot of push on uh social media. Oh man, Tom Hanks. Don't get me started. The Hangster. Yeah, let's not let's focus on Crowley and his uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, it's all it's all connected. Now, yeah. my favorite thing about the 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 Crowley angle or the Crowley angle, ever, I think it, I think it's Crowley. Crowley. I think Crowley. Crowley. Well, uh, he, wrote, he was also a poet, and he wrote poems with his name in it, which rhymes with crow. I guess and, I yeah. guess I say it. I say Crowley because that's how Ozzy sang it. That song he goes, Mister Crowley. You, you know, like yeah. But uh, Ozzy's not all there, so. But uh, so this dude was obsessed with ancient Egypt, right? And you mentioned Horus, and uh, he would have ceremonies where they well, would. You're obsessed with Horus too, huh? Mm-hmm. What? There's a couple of them in your house right now. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> <laughs> you showed me that closet before we went live. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, what was it called? The of uh, Thelema, the the place where they would do the. Uh, it was called something of Philema. Uh, anyway, they would worship Ra there. And uh, so this dude was all about ancient Egypt. And we know all of that iconography is, uh, you know, seen on the $1 bill. And we associate with the right. Illuminati, triangle this, triangle that. Everybody's doing a triangle. 
And, you know, there's a lot of images of, of uh, Crowley himself uh, do it, you know, with triangles and uh, triangle, triangle, triangle. And then, you know, think about think about the pyramids. But uh, he was he was talking about uh, the prophet. Uh, bring, he would bring us into the the eon of Horus. Mm-hmm. Now, the the Egypt angle is interesting to me because, you know, a lot of people associate uh, ancient Egypt like, well, its origins may perhaps being extraterrestrial. But he did a ceremony and I can't remember where he, I can't remember where he did this, where he summoned an entity. Yeah, there's a, I got the story. We'll, we'll get into that because uh, that's that's with his wife. And I don't even talk about that briefly when we when we get into that. Yeah, so when it was, we it was almost did, a mistake, it happened uh, as a mistake, right? So uh, intentional, in other words. So uh, yeah, give a, give us give us some background intelligence on that. But in the background, Drew, could you bring up an image of the entity that that Crowley drew? He drew it after encountering it, and after after Lance uh, talks about that incident. We gotta look at the picture, and then oh, I got it, it up. This is the M Night Shyamalan twist here. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bring it back to current events. But anyway, uh, take it away, Lance. So, the creation of the Book of the Law—I'm gonna call it Thelma, Thelma, whatever you want to say. Um, so basically, you know, he spent a lifetime practicing all this. hasn't had a lot of success. He's obviously explored different things, and he's had a following and everything, but. He married uh, a widow, Rose Edith Kelly, and she was about to marry someone else through an arranged marriage. And Crowley swoops in, convinces her to elope after only knowing her one day. They met. The very next day, they eloped. He's got some game. Yeah. I know. He reminds me a lot about Rabbit Hole over here. Just <laughs> no chance, woman. So uh, <laughs> you think you're making your own decisions, but you're not. <laughs> anyway so they ran off to egypt for a honeymoon while exploring a dark cave there because you know he was trying to impress her basically by reciting spells and, and everything he just does. like rabbit hole yeah so he's like i've only known you for a couple of days but look let's check out this cave real quick down here <laughs> aka his house <laughs> very persuasive um to summon an egyptian god horus what we're talking about so he was doing this, and Rose kind of jumps back, and he's like, you know, what's going on? And she was like, so she claims at the time that she had a vision and saw a god or some entity. She wasn't sure what it was. I mean, she wasn't focused on Horus because she didn't, you know, she's she's new to this. Uh, but she said she saw something, and of course he was like, no, you're bullshitting. You know, like, don't make fun of me. He started to get all kind of upset. But she kept on insisting that she had a vision and saw something she couldn't explain. So Crowley, in order to basically call her out, uh, you know, like you're going to, you know, somebody's making fun of you, you're going to like, all right, well, prove it. So they went to a museum in Egypt, and uh, and and he asked her to identify, you know, what she saw, thinking he, she wouldn't pick anything out. And, of course, over uh, a little bit of time, it wasn't immediately, but over a little bit of time, she pointed out at this god and she said uh i saw that i saw that and it happened to be exhibit 666 with the image of horus in that in that image she pointed out that uh, that god so what they did is they rushed they rushed back to cairo 
And at her direction, they had three successful days beginning on uh, April 8th, 1904, where they entered his room and started at noon for exactly one hour for three days. They wrote down what he claimed he heard dictated from a shadowy presence behind him who identified himself as, I want to say uh, it's A-I-W-A-S-S. So Awas. Yeah, um, it was Awas something. Awas. And so all this religious stuff when he bought that house at Loch Ness and everything, you know, he was practicing all this uh, rituals to get in a spiritual communication with his um, guardian angel, basically. Right. And Awas is believed to be his guardian angel. And the results over the three days were three chapters known as the book of the law. And at one point, uh, Crowley failed to hear a sentence and, and, and Rose would, would fill it in to help him complete everything. So, it was like there was a spiritual bond, I guess, between the new married couple, but they they were able to uh, communicate with this, and uh, and she saw Horace, and the book of the law is supposedly what um, his guardian angel was communicating to him to write for God uh, Horace, right? So that's the kind of the, the thought behind that. So, um. Uh... He drew a picture of, you know, something that he had summoned. And uh, pull that picture up. Let's let's have a gander at it. Because uh, Lance, Lance, what do you think it looks like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is fine. This is fine. all right. So he he had a picture of uh, of what? So he uh, through a ritual magic. Yeah. He, he claimed to have summoned something. Yeah. And then he drew a picture of it, kind of, sort of like a you know a criminal sketch. I want to say it had. Uh, hmm, I was going to try to describe Peter, but he looks exactly like me almost. So <laughs> I was going to describe myself. I have no idea. I'd imagine it's it's some shadowy object that's hard to tell exactly what it is, and it's so vague that it could be real, it could not be real, because that Close. seems to be every conspiracy that's out there. You think it's demon looking? Oh, absolutely not. No, no. I think it's going to be complete opposite. Okay, okay. Some of the demon is probably going to be like this, uh, like an alien or something. I'm going to say this. I feel like this is how Peter feels. Congested, you know, kind of sick and (laughs) under the weather, hard to breathe. Yeah, yeah. Can't stop vaping, though. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Dude, that is a... That looks like the guy on the... Uh, what's that show? It's an animated show where he's like the bad guy and he ends up being good. And he fights the good guy that ends up being bad. Oh, oh I can't my remember. gosh. My son used to watch that 100,000 times Avatar. No, it's it's uh, you know it's some <laughs> some villain movie where the villain turns out good and it's a good ending kind of deal. They live. Like, like, look at this thing. <laughs> they live. <laughs> What does that what does that look like to you, honestly? I looked like how I felt this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Waking up from a that looks Mega like Mind. A, Thank you. Yes, it looks like the Mega Mind character. That looks like an alien. Mm-hmm. That looks like, like one of the grays. Yeah, gray, exactly. So that was what he saw, right? That that's that's what I'm yeah. hearing. I haven't yeah. not seen this picture. So what what if uh, you know? Because some people do think of like the UFO phenomenon, the extraterrestrial phenomenon. Some people think of it as demonic. You ever you ever heard it described that way? Uh, where what we're what we're seeing is is demonic. 
And uh, I wonder about that because, um, wait, what did I say right before that? I was going somewhere with it. I don't know. We weren't listening. No, it was (laughs) about how the, the, uh, the people that, try to reach out to uh alien life or, or just the uh, different dimensions it's considered demonic and you know there are a lot of people that out west come together as a group weekly or on the weekends literally sit around in circles and, and pray up to the heavens for alien life to communicate with aliens and of course that's i mean you know i don't believe in all that but so, i'm sure some people do but what if what if he did communicate with something that you know he possibly considered uh, a demon or or whatever but what if it was actually an extraterrestrial as you know we know it today you know what i mean a great right Mm -hmm. well his whole thing was like kara the egyptian gods and so and she pointed out um horus so uh, and then he had that envision. So yeah, they could have intercepted. I mean, I feel like every episode that we do is over a subject. No matter what the subject is, there's always some form of. Well, I mean, unless we're doing like you know, Fed now or something. But you know, there's always some form of alien interaction. And I'm not saying that to say it's all fake. I'm saying that because it's it it very could be very likely to have an interception. I mean, even the last uh, show that we did, Project uh, Montauk goes back to uh, right. interference with aliens through time dimension and time dilation and, and everything. Well, not really much, but, you know. I think there's a connection there. I mean, you know, if you buy what what Crowley wrote about, but... I think uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> bought it because that motherfucker had time and money to do that's, anything that's, he wants. Right. That's and, awesome. And and said, what if he's a terrible artist and he drew Rose? <laughs> <laughs> What if he's just a bad artist and, and that's absolutely nothing like what he he's like? I just cannot draw the what, what I saw. It's just crazy that so many prominent figures um, defend him to this day. Yeah. Uh, defend his teachings. Yeah. So like what what is there about it that all of these people take so seriously and they're like all very successful? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that goes. I was I was looking for a segue to this one of the biggest beliefs practices of the thelema however you say thelema is true will so according to crowley every individual has a true will to be distinguished from the ordinary wants and desires of the ego the true will is essentially one's calling or purpose in life do what thou wilt shall be the whole of law for crowley refers not to hedonism fulfilling every desires but acting in response to that calling so like you said that's that's pretty much you know satanism right well you know but we had yeah the commenter earlier said like he's a satanist really uh he's in between uh he's a free spirit if you will he tries to get all this uh, demonic stuff through the gods uh, in in egypt and and that's his thing and his whole belief is that that's his thing that's what he can do if you're satanist then then you do what you do but if you're a christian you do what you do it's all about the individual's choice of who they are so uh yes he he's definitely uh probably not the uh you know best figure to follow yeah but that doesn't mean yeah um that he's you know purely a satanist i think that gets a little skewed yeah i wasn't right. saying that it's just you know satanism is like no, you said it we all heard it so you know, yeah, that's <laughs> in order for the individual to uh be able to follow their true will 
the everyday self's socially instilled inhibitions may have to be overcome via deconditioning. Crowley believed that in order to discover the true will, one had to free the desires of the subconscious mind from the control of the conscious mind, especially the restrictions placed on sexual expression, which he associated with the power of divine creation. Orgies. There you go. Have sex with anything and everything. And we see what's happening all around us. There I can't even turn on the damn television without, you know. Yeah. It's just in your face. And you know, I'm I'm not I'm not an overly religious guy. I'm I don't really It's don't not even it's not even the TV. It's the TV, internet, your phone, yeah, advertise billboards, grocery store, people's everything. posts, like, you know, it's wild. Yep. He identified the true will of each individual with the holy guardian angel, a, a daemon. I guess that's how you say that. E, uh, unique to each individual. So each individual basically has their holy guardian angel. And the spiritual quest to find what you were meant to do um, is to meet with that angel. And, uh, and it's called the great work, which you're meant to do. And to do it is also known as the great work. So, hmm. Let's go to the uh, Order of the Golden Dawn. Okay, let me find it. Because oh. <laughs> I was going to go over... Um... Oh, I'm not trying to change it. I no, just, you are. I'm looking you, at... You, I'm, felt, you, felt, a, you felt uncomfortable. So. <laughs> felt a segue. Well, let's get off this and go to the Golden Dawn. <laughs> uh. No, keep going. Well, it's funny because Peter thought we were going to be talking about Golden Showers, so... <laughs> <laughs> But I did all this research. This <laughs> morning, I took a shower for nothing. <laughs> it still looks sweaty. I don't even know why that's a joke. <laughs> I don't know. On the video, your internet's delayed or something. I don't know if that's showing up on on uh, Drunel's, but it's a little laggy, but not bad. Okay, yeah, yours. Oh darn! But uh, keep going, Drew. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. No, we can go because we're it's it's like the Philadelphia experiment. There's like so much back and forth. Like there's so much involved with this guy and and his beliefs and what he did in his life. It's hard to yeah. do a straight. Uh, it is hard to be straight. It's hard to do a straight, you know, <laughs> chronological order of you know of what goes on. Right. Yeah, that's a we referenced golden showers a long time ago. I don't remember when that was, but uh, anyway. So he got a lot of his ideals and stuff uh, based his religion off the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Peter, have you ever heard of that? All right, Lance, have you ever heard of that? Yes, I have. Because I knew we were doing this episode and I looked it up. But before I have not heard of it previous no. to yeah, previous to this week, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. So Peter, have you heard of it? I have, yes. I was a member. And he was in that before he was in the he, he would later become a 33rd degree Freemason. Right. So the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, more commonly known as the Golden Dawn, was a secret society. I'm surprised we didn't come across this when we did our It's a Big Club episode. Mm-hmm. It was a secret society devoted to the study and practice of occult hermeticism and metaphysics during the late 19th and 20th centuries. Known as a magical order, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was active in Great Britain and focused its practices on, I don't know how to say this word, Thurgy, T-H-E-U-R-G-Y, and spiritual development. Many present-day concepts of ritual and magic that are at the center of contemporary traditions such as Wicca and uh, Thelma were inspired by the Golden Dawn. So this is a, 
the grandfather of, uh, of of some of this type of stuff, if you will. So that's where Wicca comes from? Based off, yeah. It's like a little branch. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. So let's see if and we a can... a deeper uh, understanding of the universe, which is also, too, kind of goes back to right. the drawings that I'd is not it, seen before this. Isn't Wicca like sort of like a, a more earth um, or natural kind of witchcraft it's not necessarily associated with the devil or whatever i think I it's you believe in more higher beings than just god i think you know that's got something to do with it you're spiritual yeah yeah spiritual. for our uh oh that hurt my shoulder for our commenters there were a couple of people noted to be in the order of the golden dawn and while i kind of say what i want to say about it uh uh see I, i'll give you a, a hint there's a famous poet and then the author of Dracula were in this uh, secret society. So the order was structured into different degrees or grades in which each degree corresponding to specific teachings and rituals, members would progress through the ranks and uh, learning various occult techniques and uh, mystical knowledge along the way. But the golden dawn placed great emphasis on personal experiences, symbolism, ritual magic, and inner exploration and it goes to say that he was never really accepted into, I mean, he was in it, but he was never accepted as one of them. Um, everything that I saw about it, he was always kind of the odd one out. He got pushed down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got pushed down the stairs. And, uh, and so he really tried to prove himself multiple times to, to the order of the golden dawn. And every time that he went back, he got in feuds with different people and, and he tried to, uh, move up in the rankings and they would let him move up and he would prove himself, but he was so much more invested into the rituals that I think that, um, according to what I've read that everybody else like kind of mocked him in a way. Cause they, they weren't believing that he was reaching out to these gods and actually getting a response. And, uh, so that kind of pushed him out and then he went on to do other things. And I think a lot of that's based on the fact that he had, uh, no acceptance with that and obviously became the the main person behind it right. which is ironic right he like skipped ranks somehow and it like caused a mutiny right what i find ironic is you said uh dracula's the author of that brahm stoker was also in this uh organization and peter's alias is Bron stroker <laughs> that's gonna be his next name good job m Linegar, getting it right uh, and then the other poet was William Butler uh, Yates. <laughs> Brown Stroker in the Golden Shower. <laughs> There's a horse. If we had more time to think about our names. That would have been a good one. <laughs> you, Peter can save that one for Halloween. Okay. <laughs> so here's, here's what I find interesting about this. So I'm going to uh, briefly go over the founding of the first temple in October of 1887. Um, one of the founders of this Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn claimed to have written a German countess and a promising, pro, oh, shit, prominent Rosicrucian named Anna Springle, uh, whose address was said to have uh, been found decoded in uh, cipher manuscripts. And according to Westcott, Springle claimed the ability to contact certain supernatural entities known as the Secret Chiefs. They were considered authorities over any magical order or esoteric organization. So, let me go into the secret chiefs. In 1890, Westcott's alleged correspondence with Anna Springle suddenly ceased. He claimed to have received word from Germany that she was dead. 
and her companions did not approve of the founding of the order and no further contact was to be made. If the founders of uh, this order were to contact the secret chiefs, apparently it, it would have to be done on their own. In 1892, Mathers professed that a link to the secret, chief, secret chiefs had been established. Subsequently, he supplied rituals for the second order. The rituals were based on the tradition of the tomb of Christian Rosencruz, and a vault of the adepts became the controlling force behind the outer order. So I only read that huge paragraph to say this. If you go back and listen to our Georgia Guidestones episodes, what was one of the main theories behind who was behind the Georgia Guidestones? The Rosicrucians. I think I remember. Yeah. That's right. So a lot of this stuff is, uh, it's all. Dots mm, connected. Dots connected. Penetrating. Mm -hmm. Connecting makes sense. Fertilizing. <laughs> oh God. All these words. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's man. pretty interesting. I still can't believe the Georgia Guidestones blew up. They did. Right when we were literally when we were talking about it. Yeah. Like, what are the odds of us saying, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. We're gonna do that episode. We're gonna do that episode. We talked about it for like three weeks and then scheduled it. We got it. They blew up. We had wait. We had nothing to do with it. That, that's not. I didn't. No. All right. Edit. Uh, an hour twenty well, minutes. Well, Peter. I don't uh, <laughs> but I mean, that was like I'd never even really heard of them. Then you started talking about them. Then we're going to do an episode. We start doing research before we actually do the episode. They blow up. It was like, what are the odds? Story Great. of our life. Yeah. So nuts. And the cameras didn't really was, show anything, if I recall right. I was about to make a nine eleven joke, but I'll uh, I'll leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what we do the nine eleven next week? So, so um, Andrew, I'm not trying to cut you off. I know you got a lot to cover. I was going to talk about the uh, the Abiathelma. Go into it. So, uh, it's not really anything. Really, uh, it's more of a thing that I saw. I just have to talk about, which is crazy. So, they had a house in California uh, called the Abiathelma, and in the house they had a nightmare room. And this is what I'm seriously thinking about. Start doing to sell some real estate. Um. It's a room where the members or, or Crowley himself or Crowley himself would draw very disturbing images. And they would spend a lot of time just drawing like uh, really frightening. And there's, they're online. You can actually uh, look up the nightmare room and see some of the images that were, that were shown. But any new followers that would come in, one of the things that they had to do was take LSD and, st and sit in that room and stare at these images until they were fearless and they go through the whole paranoia, uh, you know, I've never taken LSD, so I don't know. But I'm sure it's pretty fucking crazy. And they were known to have done daily rituals, including uh, animal sacrifices, drinking the blood of cats, and sexual uh, bestiality rituals. And matter of fact, there was a, an article that came up because somebody got really sick. I think might even pass, even died from uh, drinking the blood of a cat. Ugh. And that's when it started getting kind of people were hearing about how uh, crazy this stuff was. And they came in and uh, uh, I guess the government or somebody came in and made them abandon the house. And it's still there. And it's and it's, it's abandoned. Writings on the walls. Uh, it's, yeah. It still exists. The oh, Abbey of uh, Thelma. Nasty stuff happened in that place. Yeah, they draw portraits of uh, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> 
<laughs> That'd be some scary ass drawings, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the nightmare room. I mean, that's like sums up kind of what we're what we're talking about here. Uh, yeah. I think to this day, you know, not just back then, you know, it's 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 carried on. Yeah. And while he was here in the U.S., uh, he got even more inspiration. You know, people followers. Uh, Jack Persons was uh, somebody very interested, kind of the same religious background based on him. And then uh, L. Ron Hubbard, Scientology creator, was a big fan of his uh, religions. And then he became a heroin addict and uh, found and got married and had another child and died in 1947. And they nicknamed his funeral the Black Mass. So, um, yep, pretty crazy. And his influence is still uh, very apparent. Alive, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do what thy wilt, do what thou wilt. It was uh, paintings on the wall. Good question. There's, there were paintings on the wall, and there's pictures on Google, uh, so check them out. It's like, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't yeah, want to can scrabble. Can you pull up some of them? I, I can't, I'm curious. Or it might be the nightmare right. room. Yeah, let's see what we can find. Yeah, that might be interesting. I don't know M. Linegar. I wasn't there. <laughs> I was like something uh, somebody that was there would say. <laughs> yeah, They're asking like on the walls and floor. And uh, I remember being on the, on the walls, but I don't know about the floor. But I remember the uh, bestiality rituals. You don't get something like that. <laughs> I don't know if any of these are it or not or what. Oh man, these are kind of this is creepy. Yeah, there's there's some that are pretty graphic that I that I came across, but I, I don't see it there. I don't think that's it. I think that's like a nightmare room in a restaurant. Turn the, turn the safe search off. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd say to any viewers, check it out. Google because we don't we are not gonna be able to sift through what's actually this versus something else that might From be what I saw that yeah. was pretty creepy. Oh. Yeah. Well, one last thing I wanted to go through on him is uh, the ceremonial magic. Lance is smiling. I think I pissed off the comment. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Anyways, go ahead. So ceremonial magic. Um, he he spelled magic with a K at the end to distinguish it from stage magic. It encompasses a wide variety of rituals of magic. The works included are characterized by ceremony and numerous requisite accessories to aid the practitioner. Uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn uh, did a lot. Hermetic uh, Kabbalah, Enochian magic, Thelema. Peter, do you know any of what that means? The Thelema? Thelema? Thelema, Hermetic Kabbalah, Enochian magic, Enochian, however you say it. One of those rituals is what uh, is where he summoned something. It's <laughs> um, pretty pretty good guess. <laughs> but uh, that 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 was the drawing that we looked at, but right. I can't remember which one it was specifically. So one of the components of ceremonial magic is the body of light. It's uh, sometimes called the astral body. It's an aspect of the human body being neither solely physical nor uh, solely spiritual. Posited by a number of philosophers and elaborated on according to various esoteric occult and mystical teachings. Uh, it's basically your spirit body. Um, hmm. 
The practice of creating a body of light and imagination builds on the body image system, potentially working with alterations across all of the three modalities, perceptual, conceptual, and effective. An idealized body is produced. Uh, new conceptual structures are attached to it, while emotional attachments of awe, dignity, and fear responses are cultivated through the performance of astral rituals and protection from astral dangers through the simulation of symbols and magic weapons. Wow. Just, That's a lot. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Now, does that mean um, <laughs> drank a little, drank a little too much? I don't even <laughs> pertaining to the cosmos, perhaps. Because that, be. that is a big part. Well, I mean, when you when you say astral body, you know, it's like right. You kind of got to relate it to that. Because according to you know the books that I have here about witchcraft, it all has to do with moon phases when you when you do this stuff and right. like positioning of the stars and stuff like that mm -hmm. so i think that's a big angle to this did you purposely angle the moon perfectly above your head i did this uh okay i thought that was on purpose i even crouched down a little when uh, you're talking about the moon it's seriously just like right there above right. <laughs> it's like perfect uh right. for anybody uh not watching uh sorry <laughs> check us out on spotify we're on video <laughs> there you go I'll also be, um, I'm going to eventually upload these to YouTube so we can get banned off there and, you know, probably a couple hours. Build some credibility. Yeah, yeah. get the street cred, yeah. Cred, yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, Peter, do you know how to say this word? A, a grimoire? Is that how? Is that how you say it? Spell it. G-R-I-M-O-I-R-E. Uh, close enough. I'm going to say a grimoire. It's a textbook yeah, a of magic, typically including instructions on how to create magical objects like talismans and amulets how to perform magic spells, charms, and uh, divination, or how to summon or invoke supernatural entities such as angels, spirits, deities, or demons. So that might be what you're talking about. Yeah, because uh, there's there's multiple ways to do that kind of thing through witchcraft. And, you know, you mentioned amulets. Uh, I looked into some stuff about charging crystals. There's a lot to it, but it also has to do with moonlight, charging it with moonlight or whatever. And it depends on the phases. Yeah. Um, and then also scrying, uh, where you kind of, you look into your own eyes for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, what is, what the, I think, I think the correct pronunciation is grimoire, maybe. Grimoire. What did I say? Grimoire? Yeah. I think, yeah, you're, I don't yeah, know. Who, it's I, called who grimoire. The, who the fuck knows? Well, <laughs> Obviously, yeah, I did, I did. I did. I did come across that uh, scrying was a big, uh, a big part of this, um, mm -hmm. and Alistair Crowley was in, involved or, or practiced that kind of stuff too. Yeah, and uh, scrying uh, is also done with a crystal ball, I believe. So that's that connection. So you look in the crystal ball like you would a mirror. Uh, yes, apparently. Uh, and the longer you look at it. Uh, you're supposed to see things. I, I haven't really experimented with that, but I did yeah. a scrying session one time and it, uh, it really freaked me out on a deeply personal level. It was, it was wild. I, will that I, be a, will that yeah. be a Halloween episode? I mean, I'll do it again for the show, but hell Fuck man, yeah. the, put a the camera first, in the room. I, I guess I could do that. Uh, and the Andre first... the giant singlet. <laughs> Peter starts floating. <laughs> but yeah I, I could try that on camera i didn't think about that and, <laughs> just stare uh, into the camera for like 10 minutes whatever. <laughs> and just try not to laugh <laughs> oh man that'd be uh, impossible 
So another thing we have is magical formula. Magical Ooh. formula or word of power is a word that is believed to have supernatural effects, such as abracadabra, mm. hocus pocus, stuff like that. They're words whose meaning illustrates principles of degrees and of understanding that are often difficult to relay using other forms of speech or writing. So I, I forgot what episode it was. It might have been a big club and we're not in it. Like the meaning behind why they chose the name Hollywood. Right. Mm. right. Words, words have meanings. There's, you know, spelling. Like even the word spelling is, is it's like it's like you're casting a spell. That's why they call it spelling. And, and what do they know about ancient Egypt that we don't? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Let's get into that. Like, so the pyramids. There's, you know, it's still shrouded in mystery uh, to the public, but it's like, it's like they know something. All this symbolism and stuff, it has to right. mean something. And this yep. dude actually like wanting to communicate with Horus. Like, what is that about? You know, what, what do they know? So the that's, fact where, that that's what we're here to figure out. Right. And the fact that all these celebrities are into it and musicians and whatnot, it's just odd. It's just odd. Very, it's very odd. And you can tell when somebody sells out, you know? Absolutely. Like Absolutely. it's, it's, it's instantaneous. Well, the, they eventually end up on, uh, you know, on a magazine doing this or this or, yeah. you know, I cannot. Or there's like, wait.